Good evening. So glad to have you all here. We are at Conversations with Kat, of course, new podcast. And this evening we are speaking to a group of pastors, ministers, and we will talk about various topics. So first we will have them introduce themselves and what church they're affiliated with. I'm going to start on this side. I am. Can you not say family? This is open dialogue, open conversation. Come on, go. I'm Dino Hall. I'm the assistant pastor to Pastor Ricky G. King at the Living Faith Family Fellowship Church. Wow, we got new names. I know, I like that name, man. Yeah. Living Faith Family Fellowship Church. Yeah. Right? I'm Kira Shelton. I'm the senior pastor at the True Doctrine Baptist Church. I am Kareem Jackson. I give leadership to the Resurrection Church. Without the the, it's just Resurrection Church. Okay. Yeah, because exactly. people be like the, the Resurrection. <laughs> Our name is not the, nothing. It's Resurrection Church. Okay. Well, again, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Um, I've already spoken to a couple of people about pastors and they have this perception about what a pastor is, who he is, what they do. And I think a lot of people have a misconception and they don't look at pastors as regular people with regular issues and regular lives. So I really was glad when y'all accepted my invitation to talk about you all. I did send you all some questions just to pre-prep you for the conversation. And again, the conversation is open. Say what you want, how you feel, all of that. Okay. So we want to delve into the first question that I sent you all. So the first one is explain how you have changed during the pandemic personally, spiritually, and how your ministry has changed. So I'm going to start with the pastors on this side. Pastor Corinne. Um, the pandemic for me was more mental. It, it really made me kind of gauge my mental and emotional health just because of the, I don't think people understand transition because transition goes two ways. We transition one from preaching to people to preaching to nobody. Then we had to transition back from preaching to nobody to preaching to people. And that transition was mental. It it really took a toll on me mentally. Um, As far as the ministry, it did show me that the, the people make ministry, but at the same time, I think it is a, it was a call for us to deal with the entertainment aspect of the ministry. I didn't have, I couldn't say touch a neighbor. Cause I didn't have no, they had no neighbor to touch. So those different dynamics, you know, kind of made me make some, some major adjustments and see ministry different. The other thing it did for me, um, that's now that's personally spiritually, it really elevated my faith because it was hard for me to shut down wondering if I live, you know, this is my job. This is how I eat, you know, this is how I take care of my family, you know, between the local church and being on the road. So if there is no, if I can't do either one of them, you know, what do I do and how does the ministry suffer? And it took, it took faith. 
it took faith for me to follow Pastor King's leadership because a lot of people don't know he made me shut my. I wasn't gonna shut my church down. I, I'm just being honest. I wouldn't. He he when he shut living faith down, he told me no you. We're going to walk through this together. So I'm going to need you to shut that church down. And the tone that he gave me was like, I'm not giving you an option in the matter. <laughs> so I was like, because really, if you if you watch it, y'all, when you, when your church shut down, I had another service. I, I actually had service the Sunday y'all didn't. Okay. And that's when he called me. It was like, uh-uh, we ain't doing this. Because I, I remember because I preached Psalms 91 talking about how God was going to cover us in the pandemic because my initial mind was they can shut their church down, but I'm not. And he called me and made me. You will, sh- as of today, so you he will. has that much weight on you. He does. And I had to listen to him. And that's what he said to me. He said, God is going to elevate our faith because he had the same fear that I had. It's just he's more seasoned than me. So for me, I was just a little bit more ambitious. I wasn't going to do it. He had to make me step in and do it. But it did show me that resurrection resurrection was, is God's church. And it, it was his responsibility to provide for it. So, man, I gained members online. People joined our church online. More, I received more. Our church received more financial contributions from people online than my actual body. The the on, online member, I thought it was going to be the other way around. Now, my members still tired. You know, some of them lost jobs, but they still tired. They tied from their stimulus check. I, that's how I knew who got their stimulus check based on some of the ties that came in. But, man, there were Sundays where, you know, I thought the budget was low. And then by Monday morning, I checked my check the cash app and it was somebody one time had dropped like a thousand dollars on a Monday morning from watching the replay of the service. I was up, um, doing a prayer thing or something. And my wife brought me my phone where somebody was on the live from New Zealand asking for prayer. It's those different dynamics that kind of helped me grow spiritually. So now it kind of made me, you know, for the last, the pastor in peace, it helped me learn how to lead on two facets because now I have to admit I've got an in-person church, but I also have a virtual church and I have to pass the boat. I get inboxes from people in our virtual space who want advice. You know, I need counseling. I'm not coming to you, you know, so you got to set up Zooms and you know, uh, video chats to counsel and stuff like that. And counseling is actually my side business. So I've had them where they cashed at me for the counseling service and I counseled them on Zoom, marital counseling, all kind of stuff. So that kind of helped me, you know, it's really shifted, not just the ministry, but my mind. And I think that was more important than the ministry piece, a mental shift more than just us preaching about, you know, God's going to shift you, move you from one place to the next. I just think when we say that, we don't think that sometime that shift is going to happen, but it's not going to happen from a good process. We didn't see this pandemic coming, but it shifted all of us. So absolutely, absolutely. So that, you know, that's, that's, that's my spiel. Well, I'm going to work my way backwards forwards. Um, (laughs) 
ministry-wise, believe it or not, it, it allowed me to kill some stuff that was dead. It allowed me to bury some stuff that was dead. Wow. So the pandemic helped me out really well ministry-wise because in ministry, sometimes you don't want to ruffle feathers. But by default, when the pandemic came, it allowed me to bury some stuff that should have been buried a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I kept it around because I didn't want to, quote unquote, ruffle feathers. So for ministry wise, it definitely helped me out. I think I said it in the Tri-Unity meeting that in 2020, I had to, I had to move then think. In 2021, I got to think then move. Mm -hmm. And so um, it has been a, uh, a blessing ministry wise personally and personally it, it it's, it's done some some good things for me too because it did allow me to cut some stuff again right. that I really wanted to cut personally and so when the pandemic came along it, it was just like it believe it or not this may sound crazy it was like sent from the Lord and I was like <laughs> hallelujah thank you Jesus you know and so um the spirit on the spirit level, uh, it allowed me to read more, allowed me to study more, allowed me to get more of an understanding because all you could do was read, study, learn. So it really helped me out uh, a lot. So I probably go against the grain. I'm one who thank God for the pandemic. So <laughs> I feel that. I, I thank God and I echo the words of Pastor Jackson. I mean, um, I, I was kind of sad to see it go away because we definitely was being blessed financially. <laughs> um, one of the big things was uh, me not having to pay salaries, but still seeing tithes and offering come mm -hmm. in. And uh, you know, it was it was it was gaining, it was gaining, gaining, gaining. And I was like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." Uh, so it allowed me to it, it allowed the church to really catch up a lot uh, with the pandemic. Uh, we were still kind to the. Uh, payroll people that are on payroll, but they wasn't getting full salaries, but they were getting part salaries. But it still helped me because of the type of budget we have just in in salaries alone. So mm -hmm. uh, it helped me out a lot. Again, I I have to keep saying thank you, Lord, for this this <laughs> this pandemic. You really know how to yeah. bless, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny you say that because when. Um, when it when it came along, you know, uh, people say, "Be careful what you pray for," and I say, "Listen, God never gives you what you pray for; He gives you what <laughs> yeah. you prepare for." <laughs> right. And so, uh, and so I just thank God for it, man. So I, I pass pass the mic. <laughs> so, being a youth pastor, how did the pandemic affect you? Considering youth ministry is everything is in person. Yes, exactly. Uh, just to go, I guess, down the list that they said, you know, personally. Mine is really across all three boards, uh, all three phases, that actually the pandemic helped me grow in all three areas, uh, especially as being a man, a leader, a minister, period. I found stuff in myself during the pandemic that I never even knew that I had, uh, whether it was being a man, whether it was leadership, whether it was leading people. Uh, when it comes to our youth ministry, like you said, the pandemic was literally a blessing in disguise. Like there was no type of way that we would be able to use technology at our church. <laughs> but we currently serve the way that we do now 
if it had not been a pandemic. Mm-hmm. There's no way that we'd be able to reach people online, whether it's kids, adults, or anything like that, had there not been a pandemic. And that has really been to our advantage. People ask us all the time, and how are y'all doing a virtual vacation Bible school? How are you reaching kids in the middle of a pandemic? How are you keeping in contact with them? And it's to God be the glory because literally, it's not like we sat down and planned because we probably sat on our hands for probably about the first three months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, what's gonna happen? Is we are we coming? Are we going back in the church? Are we coming? Are we um, staying out of the church? And then when we finally got to work. Man, God has been moving, especially in our youth department, on a consistent basis. And we like you. It's so many. It's programs and things that we put in place during the pandemic um, that we want to keep in place, but don't even know how to do it without being online now. It's more like, especially with our with our younger kids, a lot of the stuff is online and can't be in person. And so, like you said, uh, coming back on the pandemic is gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Yeah, we found success. Like you found success on the way the numbers looking like though. We might be going back. You know, and I'm you know I'm, I'm riding home like okay, well, thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So before you start, now let's Mm -hmm. just think about living faith and we think about Pastor King who was dead set against technology Mm -hmm. before this. So I'm going to go back to you. How how did you approach him, everything virtually, with the youth department? Well, I'll tell you one thing. That's why I say we have one of the best pastors. (laughs) Or if not the best pastor. Because literally, he trusts you when you say you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. With every uh, next step that we've ever taken, he said, I trust you. Just make sure. <laughs> it's, you, know, you know what I want. Just make sure it's how I like it. And so uh, with respect to him, I praise God for him. That we have a leader that was always a setting out. Does he always like being online? Mm-mm. Not himself. Yeah. When it comes to himself, he does not like to be online. But when it comes to us pushing stuff for the church and being online, he's all for it. He tells the story all the time. Uh about me getting him to go to electronic giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a major thing for him at one point of time. And I literally came in his office and sat it down and showed him, hey man, listen, if you get electronic giving, uh you're all, I mean, I, I, I give the disclaimer, it worked at True Doctrine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you can try it. Yeah. And when you try it, if it don't work, you don't have to use it, but I guarantee you uh, it's going to pick up a whole lot. And before I know it, I come over the next time. He's like, oh, man, we got a credit card machine. Said, yeah, buddy. What? what? Yeah. I was like, wow, spell backwards. Like, Dude, let me just try to see if it works. Yeah, it's $10. Take 10. So that's the thing. Once you get him to do it. Yeah, we have plenty of funny stories about him. We just one, just even in vacation Bible school, Papa look at the bottom of the screen. You know, it automatically already says your name. Mm-hmm. Pop says, write your name in the comment section so I know it's you. Pop, their name already right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably with a picture too. <laughs> Y'all write your names in the comments. Yeah. So if he'd have said take a selfie, I probably would have been done. I'd have been done. <laughs> you do know they got a profile picture. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, we're ready for you. What's the question? <laughs> How did the pandemic affect you, 
especially being the assistant pastor working with Pastor King. Being honest, um, most people don't know that I'm an introvert. Most people don't believe <laughs> that, but I truly am. And as far as the pandemic, one of the things I can say personally, it changed me as opposed to, I don't take no thought for tomorrow anymore. Hmm. I mean, literally, I live for today. Mm-hmm. Being exposed to the virus and to know exactly what it's like to want to die because of pain and the suffering of it, and then to trust God. So I live for today. And whatever tomorrow offers, if God grants it, then that's it as far as my personal self. As far as personally, the pandemic has shown me what the real meaning is, is that take no thought for tomorrow. Because all I have is right now. So personally, I've grown in that area, being the elder statesman, of the gentleman at the table. Man, life is worth the living. Mm-hmm. And it's really worth the living when Christ is the point and the center of life. So personally, my effect is all I have is right now. So I need to do what God has for me to do to encourage, to persuade, to convince that God is the answer. So personally, pandemic, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because it has been a plus. As you say it, people may not believe it, but it has been a plus. Mm. Spiritually, it grants me the opportunity to take away the if factor. My family no longer has to wonder if I love them. If they matter. If I care. Because all we have is right now. So the if factor has been wiped away spiritually. And to know what it is being positioned for the church under Pastor King's leadership, preparation, doing, assisting the man of God, God is only open ways that I can be of assistance in the background. You guys are pastors. I'm an assistant. And there's a little bit of difference, mm-hmm. as was Joshua, to just be the next in charge of yeah. the next two different places. Yeah. I'm not looking to pastor. I'm just looking to assist. And if God changes that spiritually, then it's his will and not mine. So that's what I'm saying for the pandemic. Thank you. Come on this next variant. Let's see what God does. <laughs> Well, thank y'all. That was very honest. Okay, so my second question Have you ever considered quitting ministry and pastoring? Oh, let me jump on that one. (laughs) Uh, You guys probably don't know. uh, Kareem and I have talked in traveling together many times. Uh, He couldn't even believe it. It took me a year to even fathom. Because believe it, at one point of time, I I told him, man, I'll just ship the people down there to you or you can come down here. Wow. Uh, But I had because I was burnt out. Okay. Uh, One of the biggest issues as a pastor for me was making people's problems my problems. Mm -hmm. And it'll burn you out quick. Mm -hmm. And I got tired, and I I used to tell him... uh, before he even started pastoring, I believe, or it might have been when he was when he became pastor, that don't get burned out too quick. And I was fatigued, I was tired, and I was burned out. Uh, you only you only as good as your next sermon, and mm-hmm. you know you can be the hottest thing right now, and people will walk you and work you for nothing. Truth be told, and uh, <laughs> before you know it, you're burnt out and. When you are gone here, mentally, everything else is gone with it. Mm-hmm. And
And so he couldn't believe it. He was like, dude, you're going to retire? I said, man, I'm going to sit my butt down somewhere. Mm. Matter of fact, to be honest with you, I said I would be a demo. I said, I'll just go somewhere. And be an assistant. And be yeah. an assistant or be wow. a help. If you let me teach Sunday school or Bible study, preach one time or one, I'm good. Yeah, because uh, people sometimes look at pastoring with the, glit, with the glitter and the glamour, mm -hmm. and it's not all that they think it is, especially when you have a heart for people. Mm -hmm. When you have a heart for people, your heart always is turning. My mind was always turning. I was having sleepless nights because somebody else's problem, I made it my problem. And so when you do that, on top of your problems with somebody else's problem, it'll burn you out real quick. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought the best thing to do was to say the hell with it mm -hmm. and let it become somebody else's problem. Yeah, uh, buddy. I told him that in traveling one time. I said, I'll just give it to you and let you handle that stuff because I didn't want to do it no more. I just mm -hmm. said I'm fed up and I quit uh, because... Uh, one thing I learned in pastoring, people can be people when you don't need them to be people. And I had got tired of people. I'm using a nice yeah. word. Yeah. Uh, I had got tired of people, man. And so uh, I felt like because people wasn't going to change, then mm -hmm. it was going to be left up for me to change. And the only <clears> way I was going to change was because uh, I told him it's not going to do me any good to walk away and go to another church. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to get enough, more people. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the church I was pastoring, uh, you know, per se, wasn't the biggest issue. It was, you know, sometimes it's just people. And I, why lead these people to go to some to more people? Yeah. Yeah. Issue, you know? And Same so, problem. you know, right. exactly. Yeah. I'm just leaving Alvin Street to go to another street yeah. with probably more people. And it wasn't going to do me any good. So, yes, I have had uh, thoughts about quitting. And the pandemic came. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Because, again, uh, I echo what I said at first. It allowed me to bury some stuff that was dead. Uh, I was finally able to call Troy Marchery. And come get this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead. It's, it's DOA. It's <laughs> I'm gonna put the blinkers on. <laughs> Follow you down at HMG. Bury that joker. And ashes to ashes. And dust to dust. Lord but because the pandemic came, it bought so much rest. Mm -hmm. And uh it's it's kinda like a barbecue when you see the fire going out. It was like you pour a lot of fluid on it and another fire just came back yeah. in me because, and now what I learned now is not to put back on my schedule the things that I did have, have that made me burn out. Gotcha. And so uh, wow. to answer the question, yes, Lord, I thought about <laughs> quitting. And then the pandemic uh, came. Uh, Roger Hill said it was funny. He called me. He said, man, see, you wanted to quit, and the Lord bought the pandemic. Now you don't have no choice but Ooh. to get you some rest mm -hmm. <laughs> and get you some time to yourself. I said, you know what? You you show right. And so uh, that's what it bought. And then when we first got back together, not in in-person worship, one of the best things was for me was pre preaching to a camera. Uh, I just had to get used to not having feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But preaching to the camera mm-hmm. did wonders for me because it allowed me to cut my sermons down. Because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have to worry about nobody preaching. Yeah, yeah. Man, listen, I can stand right in front of the camera, follow my script, and say, "This is it." Uh, you know, now I'm ready to give you the benediction and go home. It, it was nothing. I didn't have to shake no hands. Yeah, I didn't have to hug nobody. Yeah, you know, just come in, give my lesson, and get a benediction. Close the church, go home. So, uh, yeah, I, I I thought about it uh, many times. Uh, not out the woods yet, but mm-hmm. I am better than where I was. Uh, every time I got ready to quit, uh, just blessings, just be like, wow. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Wow. And, and it gave me a little encouragement to run on a little while longer. Mm-hmm. Like, man, Lord, I was ready to, you know, turn this thing on over, and then, bam, 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 this hit. So, but yes, I have thought about quitting. I turn it over to <laughs> Dr. <Jackson. laughs> My answer is heck yeah, <laughs> but not for the same reason. I I I am I I pride myself personally on being highly prophetic, more than just preaching, but just hearing from the Lord. And because me and the Lord have a lot of conversations, I said I said to the Lord, I said you gave me this church to show me how messed up I am, because I'm not I'm not a people. I, I really honestly had to admit. I'm not a people person. And the Lord has always had me in the business of dealing with people. Even being a recording artist, I used to, when we first came out with our first CD, that CD would not sell. And we were wondering, man, why would the CD wouldn't sell? We would go to events. We would set up the table. We would sing. Nobody, the, the CDs wouldn't sell. We were like, well, what was going on? Until one day we sung at a big big venue with a big old church and stuff like that. We sung. And I left. After we sung, I left. And people was at the table Looking for me. Well, we want to see the lead singer. And they called me on the phone. Hey, man, where you at? I'm halfway home. Kareem, you know, CDs ain't selling because they looking for you. You, Your face is on the cover. You need to be here. Uh, you know. And then up, now I'm a pastor. And I'm really, like, wait a minute. I, so I would try to preach and go to my office. Somebody else deal with this. I don't want to deal with them people. You know, and all of that. And it was like ministry was suffering because I just did not. I, I, my background, I honestly felt like I didn't have any love to give. I'm like, man, I don't have, you know, I preach. I'm, I preach them under the bench if that's what you want me to do. I don't want to talk to them, though. I don't talk to them people. I don't have to deal with, I'm just, I don't want to deal with their problems. I don't deal with none of that. And, uh, man, it just really showed me how emotionally unhealthy I was and stuff like that. And, man, I passed the resurrection a whole year depressed. And one Sunday, I was just at a boiling point where I was really trying not to break down. Like, I honestly was, like, about to have a fit in the middle of preaching. And I was going to throw the mic, ready to just chunk that mic. And just, I was really having a mental moment, and I was trying to preach through it and preach through it. And I had been struggling all up, all up the week, working out next to a pastor on the treadmill I wouldn't talk to and was trying not to cry. I mean, I'm just having moments and I would just leave the gym and just go home and be to myself, try to work through it. Well, this particular Sunday, I got up and preached and they shouted and shouted and shouted. And the more they shouted, the madder I got in myself. Cause I'm like, I'm, they happy and they don't see me struggling. So I'm preaching and preaching and preaching. And I just stopped preaching and threw my wife the mic and walked to my office after service. I walked through going to my car and I heard them talking about, Oh, Pastor, the Holy Spirit was on you. And in my mind, I'm like, y'all so stupid. So one day, 
a deacon, one of my deacons came to my office and this was like a three week consecutive period. And he said to me, Pastor, you good? I said, yeah. The following Sunday, he came back. He said, Pastor, you good? I said, yeah. Third Sunday, he came back. He said, Pastor, you good? I said, you really want to know? He said, yeah. I said, I'm frustrated. I want to smoke a blunt. I want to take a shot of Patron. I want to go home and have sex with my wife. And he looked at me. And he was like, I said, you asked. You asked how I felt. That's how I feel. And he was just like stunned. And he laughed. You know, he laughed it away because in his mind, like, he, oh, pastor, just crazy. You know, and then he laughed it off and walked down the hall. And I was dead, dead serious. Up that particular week, I would just I felt like I was going to have a breakdown. And this particular Sunday, the Sunday that it happened, I was in my neighborhood. And there's a curve in my neighborhood. And I sped through the curve on purpose just to see. And I hit the curve, and I was like, oh, I had such a rush of adrenaline. I don't know if I was suicidal or I was just being a butthole. I don't know what it was, but I was just doing – I started doing crazy stuff that I wouldn't normally do. So it was like a Wednesday, and I was on the treadmill working out, and I just kept feeling myself trying to cry and cry and cry. I called Pastor King on the phone. He ain't answer. I called him again. He answered the phone. He said, I'm in a meeting. I said, I don't care. I said, we need to talk. And he was like, okay. So I went went to Living Faith. He was in a meeting, had an office full of people. I didn't even say nothing. He took a look at my face and said, y'all stay here. Me and him going next in the next room. And as soon as he closed the door, I just broke down crying like a baby. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. He said, oh, I've been knowing for like two months you depressed. And I'm like, why you ain't tell me? He said, because if I would have told you, right. you would have fought me on it. He was like, I needed you to break enough that you would come to me. And he literally had to coach me through it. So, man, I, I went and got a therapist. You know, I started going to therapy. And it's not because, you know, I didn't respect pop. It was just certain things I wanted to say. I just couldn't. I just could not bring myself to say in his presence because I wanted to cuss. I wanted to talk stupid. I just wanted to say stupid stuff. So for me, I'm like, why am I pastoring and I'm struggling like I'm struggling? I'm like, no, the ministry ain't for me. It wasn't even just a matter of quitting. I was just like, I didn't care about church. I didn't care about God. I just, and I'm highly prophetic. Me and the Lord, literally, I have conversations with the Lord all the time, but that's crazy. How, how crazy is it? If I'm on Walmart on aisle 10 and a woman walk by me and the Lord starts talking to me about her. Dude, that's psychotic. I'm on the cereal aisle. I want Cocoa Pebbles. I ain't trying to. So I walk to the next aisle and it seemed like every aisle I go to. The Lord give me a word. I'll prophesy to people and, and the Lord will move and people. He, and I'm mad because I'm like, why am I pastoring a church? And this is how I feel. You know, it was just, it was a struggle. So mine was more, it wasn't even burnout from the people. I was sick of me. I tell you this, uh, another thing that'll make you want to throw in the towel, you and I talked about this, when you almost got to keep the ministry going out of your own pocket. Yeah. That'll make you, that'll make you just... One of the things that I didn't mention that when he started talking, one of the things that wanted to make me quit is it was, it's because of the ministry and me not knowing how to say no is how I lost my family. Yeah. You know the story. Yeah. Uh, I was always gone preaching. And one day she picked me up from the airport and called me a hypocrite. Ooh. And I'm like, you I wanted to cuss. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck do you mean? Yeah. 
you can't preach and teach family and don't know how to do family. And so when you said it took the if factor away mm-hmm. to wonder if my family thinks I love them, this and that, that and this, but to make a long story short, it took me to lose my family to realize the importance of family, which almost made me want to walk away from the wow. ministry because yeah. family should be your first ministry. And you know, the other thing for me in, in, in that was it's the authority that I go to other churches and preach and they respect you. Yeah. And you come home and it's like, didn't I take, Pastor, we need to counsel. Didn't I just preach this? And you you talking about we need, it's that authority. You know, it's like, why do this? I had to shift my mind from being the evangelist on the road to actually being the pastor. Pastor King would ask me questions and, and it would just really make me mad. Where are you leading them? Where are you leading them? Leading them to heaven. Where are you leading them? To Jesus? Where are you leading them? I don't know. To hell? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you answer the question for me. But it, it really made me think, you know, and it put me in the mind like this is more than just preaching. And so it was easy for me to go on the road. So that was the other thing for me to quit. Well, why be a, pa- a senior pastor? I can just make my living on the road. No commitment. No. But that was the issue. The issue was commitment because I didn't even realize I was weak in commitment. To tell them no, to tell my local congregation yes, to tell the road no, and that's my aspiration. I want to be on the road. That was my aspiration, and in, in even with singing, no, well, let's hit the road. I don't do this local stuff. Let's do the road, do the road, you know. And so, yeah, I I wanted to quit for a plethora of reasons, but it seemed like every arrow pointed back to me, even when I was trying to throw the blame on other people and so i had to deal with me and the more i deal with me it it actually helps my pastorate it helps me to lead and i lead better by giving up control you know like god where what you know what would you have me to do it's more than just sitting down preaching it's me maximizing the conversations i have with god to say oh okay so this is what you're telling me so I'm going to tell them what you told me. So I tell the church, this is really my conversation with God. You eavesdropping, and I hope you get something out of it. More than just, I'm trying to give you instructions for life that I'm not living. So I had to deal with the depression and deal with all of these different things while I have the ministry on me. But the last thing, there was a guy in that process who came to me and prophesied to me. And he said to me, he said, God's going to use you mightily. He said, but here is the warning. He said, as Jethro, Moses' father-in-law said to him, I say to you, you've taken on a woman that's not yours. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what you mean? He said, the church belongs to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You trying to do everything by yourself. You need to assign and delegate and so that taught me leadership about myself. Like, I don't micromanage. I don't like to be over nobody's back. I like to give you an assignment and know that the assignment is done. Then I discovered that I have anxiety because even though I gave them the assignment, my heart is beating fast because I'm like, if they don't do it, I need a plan B and a plan C and a plan D just in case. So all of these things still point back to internal struggles that I'm having. So it was like, Lord, I don't think you I don't think you put me in the right profession, Jesus. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to quit. Oh man, wow. Mr. Hall. Well because we've had conversations. There's many times you want to say, man, forget this. Yeah, but I'm gonna be Was that the F word he wanted to you? <laughs> this person gets to the point. He's like, I need a break. 
go on vacation, I was like, so he said, he always say, if I go on vacation, I'm going to be fine when I get back. Because before his mind is turning, 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 he come back, all right, so this is where I'm at. But he still want to quit. <laughs> Right. Okay, let's, let's think it through. Let's, let's, let's walk it through. A, B, C, D. What would be the benefit? Who would it affect? How would it affect? So quitting just is the easiest. It's way. the easiest way. Yeah. 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 So I mean, who doesn't like easy? <laughs> right. But you know what? I did research, and psychologically, our minds are wired that way. That because we receive information, the brain don't like to overwork itself. So it finds the easiest scenario right. that it can choose, and mm -hmm. that's that's how it functions. And that's why we have to fix our negativity and turn our negativity into, into a positive mindset, especially in leadership. Because if we don't, our brain is going to pick the negative scenario. And so we're going to always find the easiest way out right. because it makes the brain function easier. You know, so that becomes the warfare. You know, do I stay with God and trust God in the process or do I take my mind's way out and chunk y'all the deuce and probably the finger <laughs> on the way out the door? <laughs> but to speak on it, I'm actually honored to be here because you guys are pastors. Mm -hmm. I'm an assistant. And to me, there's a great difference. I have much respect for the position that you all are in because I get to sit in the back and watch and know what you go through. But as far as quitting the church, I've been in church since I was able to walk, talk, and understand church. I've always been there. So I've never learned how to quit. It has never been an option mm -hmm. to quit. I'm not smart enough to know how to quit. So I went from ministry to ministry to ministry as an escape. Wow. So when it comes to quitting, that was my way out. Just go somewhere else wow. and just sit on a bench member, whatever you want to call it, out of the way. Everywhere I went, sometimes I get called to the front. I'm trying to get away from this God. Mm -hmm. I made a promise when I was of age, I'm not going to church. I was at church <laughs> Monday through Monday. <laughs> Monday through. I know I can say amen. Yes. I wasn't spending much yeah. time. So here's some of the things that helped me along the way with this. This quitting aspect, like I said, it's never been an option. When people came, I looked forward. I've never had a problem with people coming to the church. I was mad as hell when Kareem came to Living Faith. Because I said, here is my way out. <laughs> <laughs> I get the exit. Give him the job. <laughs> really? I'm just being honest. I said, Kareem, I said, Kareem can do all this. I'm old. I can move on. So Kareem, sing the devil. Preacher the devil. I'm going to move my butt to the back where I want to be because I can be comfortable out of the way. I'm an introvert. I don't really like the limelight. I've been positioned by God to help. But as soon as I'm done, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. I'm like you. Mm -hmm. that's bad. So when you left and when God gave you your church, I was like, oh, <laughs> He ain't the same you. <laughs> crazy man because i had preached their church anniversary and we was in the hallway yep and i told him i said man listen oh man Stuart then set you up perfectly bro i said all you gonna have to do is come in and and, and preach and i'm sitting looking at him like what are you like, talking about for real i was like yeah i'm for real and a couple wow. of months later I yeah was like, it it was literally six months later he said i'm pastor i was like, I was like he giving he gave it up yeah that's crazy. That's 
Do you remember our conversation? I told you, I said, Kareem, I said, I love Pastor King. I understand. I love his teaching all. But our upbringing and our development in ministry is similar. Right. And I said, man, before you know it, I may be over there with you. Right. I told you we right. had this conversation. Right. Because when you left, I was like, man, that's where I want to be because of his teaching is what I needed yeah. at that particular time. So he was gone, then God kept me right there. So I could not quit. You couldn't quit. I was being developed yeah. under management to be who I am today. So then this young cat comes along. Yeah. <laughs> and all of this is going on, right? Oh in goodness. the time of a pandemic, I say the young preacher. And when he became the assistant of the youth pastor, and it wasn't Kareem, I said, <laughs> and isn't it but but isn't it crazy? I think that is the craziest thing because I actually told Pastor King, I said you you I said you 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 crippled me. He said why? Because originally he wanted me to be the youth pastor. But mm-hmm. after he heard me preach, uh-huh. he was like, I'm sorry for disrespecting you. I said, disrespecting me? What do you mean? He said, you, your gift, your gift, you're going to pastor. I was like, no. Because I was like, let me do the youth thing because that can teach me. Mm-hmm. He would never let me do it. Never let me do it. He kept molding me into pastorship, pastor. And I'm like, I'm not going to be no pastor. I ain't going to be no. Kathy had them conversations. We discussed it. That dude is too. No, you can reach the youth. Right. But as far as you been, you get the hell out of I'm ready to leave living faith and go sit up under your teaching. That's how I come from Pentecostal teaching. Yeah. I come yeah. from prophetic ministries. I understand all of that. So my eyes lit up. Because this is where I'm going. I'm going to this young cat. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. I don't mind following. When I can learn and develop. So I'm saying, bro, I was mad, but I'm over it now. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. You know, he has a gift and God is gonna use him mightily. Yes, yes, yes. You're in the position of being a youth pastor, doc, you'll probably become pastor before I ever become pastor. And I Doug and Doug can preach. Oh, right, pastor. All right, now you don't have to even be a living faith. I yeah. told King, I said, yeah. hey, this boy Barry. This, this, I'm trying to tell you, man. I you told him, I said, this boy Barry, so, man, is something special. And see, you innovative yeah. and you you know, you innovative really? too. Yeah. And man. that's not trying to blow smoke up your butt either. I I mean for me to call, I'm very impressed and I was getting ready to send him to my ex-father-in-law's church, man. I say, Barry can do it. He can King do it. Said, it's in him. It's in him. That's he said, King said, Ooh. man, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you, you called me and asked me. He said, but he preaching and living faith this son. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's why I ain't bothered you because I was going to have you come in for me. But one thing, I was like, well, I don't want to bring Doug in if I'm not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing is, well, he do so much at living faith. And I tell all them little poppers, not finna come up there and blow that, blow resurrection up because y'all, uh-uh. I was like, uh-uh. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, the first time I got a chance to hear him speak, I said, man, this, this guy's gonna be special. This, this is something yeah. special about this guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew he would make my name look good if I sent him over. Yeah. <laughs> I said, this is exactly what they need right here. He, He's young enough to, to fit in, yeah. uh, but old enough to be respected. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> I, I I still say that to the day, man. Now, it's I not know, to blow smoke up your butt. I, I know I it's not impressed. an uh, original question, but I got a question for Dino. Do you have, do as an, because I actually know I need that and assist. I need assistance in ministry because I don't have that. I mean, and the ones I do have are women. And I have no beef with the women, but I want masculinity in our in our ministry mm-hmm. do you have or do you feel the same weight 
of the senior pastor, even though you don't have the title, because with the assistant, the eyes are still on you in the sense of, you know, if 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 Pop's sick, I wouldn't expect Pop to call me. I would expect him to call you. So do you how do you handle that? Or do you feel that same pressure, that that same weight, you know? Now, to answer that, I don't. And here's the reason why I don't. Because I can hide. Because I'm the assistant. I use that mm. as an excuse as a way out. But understanding when it is time to be there and to be on my knees for the man of God. And when he calls me to be prepared and ready to go forth, mm. I'm ready. Because he has trained me and he has prepared me. He has positioned me to do it. But Dale don't want to do it. Yeah. I ain't going to lose those things. <laughs> <laughs> what you pastors do. I ain't going to hear this conversation about my bills need to be paid. Yeah. Look at the, you ain't gave nothing. So I understand what you're saying, but I understand the weight of it. But I purposely do not accept that weight. Yeah. And I see that's I and I can understand that. I can understand that answer too, because I <laughs> he, Dino say if he's sick, I'm praying he get healed. <laughs> Heal him, Jesus. <laughs> Heal him, Lord, because I don't feel like preaching Sunday. Heal him, Jesus. <laughs> Godly, that's an honest answer though. That's an honest answer. I take over the church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see you really put that out there. Yeah, get it back. <laughs> yeah, uh, to be honest with you, my first video, my first time ever really wanting to quit ministry is what led me to live in faith, to be honest with you. Really dealing with a situation, um, was dealing with the youth at the church that I was formerly at, which was actually a family church. And so it was one of the situations where you build, build, build where you are, but then the main sanctuary is killing, killing, killing. Like, I'm bringing youth in, but the parents not receiving nothing. You bring youth in, but the parents not receiving nothing. So it got to the point where it was like, man, there's no there's no growth. There's no growth here for me. There's no growth here for my family. And we're going to have to make a move, which I'm glad I learned this early on in ministry because all of those were family. And the moment I made a decision to move, it's like everybody basically turn their back on me. Like, you know, you this, you that, he left, you turn your back on me. And I always thank God for living faith. Because before that, you know, you, you assume that family is gonna look after you or love on you mm-hmm. regardless. regardless. But it was living faith <laughs> that wrapped their arms around me. It was Pastor King who did so. So that was one of the times that I felt like, cause I felt like, man, we family, we family regardless what church we go to, the denomination we are, what ministry we doing, mm-hmm. we are, we gonna always be together. Nah, that ain't the fact. Hmm. Now, Jesus. it's gotten better over time, but it definitely showed me something early on in ministry. Wow. Well, okay, so I'm gonna deter from the questions I sent y'all. We're gonna go to, to my, my surprise question. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was ready for the. I was ready for the next question. I was. What was the next question? The next question was about uh, what was the biggest mistake you made in ministry. Oh, I was ready for that one. Oh, we can go there. We we can come back to my surprise. One of the biggest mistakes I I made in ministry is not putting no in my vocabulary. Yeah, Uh, I learned that man, but it took me to get an old man to learn that it's okay to say no. One of the biggest problems I had in ministry is something like you said. Um, man, I, I just always had to have my hands in everything. 
And I think that's what burned me, burned me, you know, got me burnt out <laughs> quickly. I just had to have my hands and everything. And, you know, I read the text, well, if Jesus can get some rest, I'm going to get some rest. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I gave, you know, I gave the analogy that in, in that time, it wasn't no autopilot. So what led me to believe that while Jesus was in the hand of resting, somebody else had to be stirring the ship. Mm-hmm. Right, sir. So it, it showed me that I didn't have to, I don't have to stir the ship, wash the ship, clean yeah. the ship, uh-huh. do nothing to the, sometimes I can just sit back That's good. and rest because I just heard you say it, man. I had to learn how to, you know, kind of decipher on giving this work to this person, right. that person, that right. person. Uh, but it, it, it's still a it's still a issue for me because I was just like you wondering, damn, mm-hmm. they gonna get this done? Because mm-hmm. I'm 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 a type A kind of guy, mm-hmm. so I want stuff a certain kind of way, mm-hmm. and they know mm-hmm. how I want stuff, yet they'll settle for being mediocre. And I, I'm not a mediocre guy, right? Uh, especially when it comes down yeah, to for for ministry, man. I'm yeah. just not mediocre. I mean, you know, they'll do stuff, and I they'll step to the church late, and as we just did. Prime example, uh, son, last Sunday I was in Mississippi preaching, mm-hmm. and the screens happened that didn't come on. I'm watching on camera. I'm like, man, something ain't right. She didn't hit this button three times. <laughs> so next thing I know, I see her go get a ladder. I'm like, oh, what's really going on? So mm-hmm. I called her. She's like, Pastor, these screens won't come on. She said, but I know you got to preach. You just go ahead, mm-hmm. relax. We're going to get this together. Cool. Well, what happened, what she did was, was real smart. She waited till it was too late when you couldn't get nothing done. Mm-hmm. And then text me and say, well, Pastor, we didn't get the screens up, but online ministry going to still be going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And to me, that I'm still like, not, that ain't, mm-hmm. I got screens, I got projectors, mm-hmm. I want to work it. You know, uh, come Sunday morning, we, we tried everything, the guy that put him up, he couldn't make it, but he was trying to talk to me over the phone. You know, but they knew if I was there, I wasn't going to stop. Tell them screens, huh? Don't matter what time I had to leave. And so sometimes it was hard finding people who had the same heart I had uh, because I I just wouldn't in ministry take no for an answer for a lot of things. So the biggest mistake I I, I made is just always having to have my hands in it. it. (laughs) When God has put people around Position. me yeah. to do it, yeah. uh, 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 I realized everything I needed was in the house. Mm. <laughs> However, no. old old no. David Ruffin had to have his hands. <laughs> they ain't come to see you. <laughs> they came to see me. Two things for me, actually. One, I um, <clears throat> I had a situation where my my manhood was tested, and I responded wrong because, as the shepherd, I still had to realize that I had to maintain a level of leadership that was conducive to my office. And uh, there was a situation where I felt like <clears throat> some of the deacons at that time, when I first got there. Well, I mean, I had already always been there, 
But I think because they thought they were older than me and I was younger, that they were going to get out of me what they couldn't get out of my predecessor. So they called me in a meeting, which had already frustrated me. And they had a list of things that they wanted and this, that and the other. And essentially, one guy told me, I don't feel like you should be over the preaching ministry and the business. So, you know, we're going to take the business and you can do the preaching. And I said, hell to the no. So I, I said, well, if you have a if you have a biblical stance where you can prove to me that your office is greater than mine, then I'll acquiesce. I'll give you whatever you ask for. So he started quoting scripture. I said, that's out of context. That's that's not right. And so, you know, he wasn't hearing me in the spirit. So I said in the natural, I said, well, <clears throat> he messed up. He messed up with me. Because he said, well, we voted you in, you know, so, so you answer to us. And, and I said, and, and I got a, you know, I had a room full of other deacons. I said, see, I said, well, uh, <clears throat> who in this room knew that I was the successor of this church without the vote? And all the other deacons raised their hand. And he said, oh, well, I didn't know. I said, well, it ain't my fault. You wasn't in the loop. So that was strike one. Yeah. So the second thing I said, now, as far as the checkbook, if you want it so bad, Come across this table and get it from me. Because oh. you wouldn't hear me in the Bible. <laughs> so, so, so the final thing in my response was I called the bank while he was sitting there and wow. said, take this dude off the account. I did it in a meeting because number one, and then I, the other thing I told him, don't ever call me in them. I call the meetings. Mm. Now, they thought I was just saying that, you know, to hold my, my testicles metaphorically. But according to our bylaws, the way the church was set up was that as the pastor, I was over every organization by proxy, but they wasn't privy to all of that. So they wanted to know, well, what's in the bank account? I said, you go tell me what's in McDonald's bank account. And I'll tell you what's in the churches, you know, and then they believe that, you know, because they got a rights. I mean, you don't have them. I don't know who told y'all that, but that ain't going to fly here. You go where you like to eat. Well, I like Papa Doe. Go ask Papa Doe. What's in their bank account? If they tell you to the penny, I tell you what's in this. But that's not the way I should have handled it. Mm -hmm. But but I felt like I had a point to prove because you already crossing me day one out the gate. You already chin checking me, and and I didn't win spiritual. And I'm like I ain't have no I ain't have a Shelton to coach me through. I ain't have a Pastor King I could call because this kind of happened in the moment. And I figured something was up because my wife followed behind me. And I was like, where are you going? Sure, I'm going in there with you. I say, don't have nothing to do with you. Go home. Mm-hmm. Or go in my office. Go some, you know, go somewhere. And I'm going to handle this, you know. But that I I had never saw that side of me because I'd never kind of been backed in a corner. So the point is, after all of that, my flesh mm-hmm. felt good, but I lost people. I lost some people that I wasn't thinking they're still souls. I should have handled that as a pastor, not as Kareem. But I didn't know no better because, I again, Pastor King is my mentor. I wasn't trained for that. He allowed me in counseling sessions as a, you know, as a fly on the wall to show me different things. But I didn't know how to handle that type of opposition. And ain't no scripture for that, you know. Because this, this, the old school church program, these deacon guys that y'all like the thuggish, ruggish bones of the church. Well, y'all, know, just, it's, it's you interesting know. you said that, Corinne, because when I, and this was the hardest thing to tell my grandfather that 
deacons are only there to aid the pastor. Aid, not a vine. That's right. Yeah. That's the difference between aid and advice. Right, right. And I don't need you to advise me. Yeah. Because I get my advice from God. And you know that's why this these modern pastors they don't even have deacons. Right. They completely do away with that because they don't know how to have a balance. Well, for me, what I did was the deacons that were left, I took them and said, "We're going to have a month where I'm going to train you according to what the Bible says." And then number two. I'm going to do with you guys what's going to fit this ministry. Now, that I was able to call Pastor King and say, hey, I don't know about training deacons. Tell me what to do. He said, Kareem, don't make do this. Don't train them according to tradition. Train them according to what you need at the church. So what I started doing was looking at their strengths and their weaknesses. I got a deacon that's good at praying and reading scripture. I got a deacon that's good at fixing this you know maintenance i got a deacon that's good with money so i started i got a deacon that's he's a master in security so i built a security team put a deacon there okay you're my personal security you can carry i got a deacon that only deals with money i got a deacon that only deals with maintenance i got a deacon that'll paint the church i got you know those are the guys so they say you know, people came to me and say, hey, man, you know, you only got one deacon praying. Was Well, everybody has an assignment. And what it did, and Pastor King told me this, if you do this right, they'll stay out your butt. And that's exactly what they're not a thorn. They're not a thorn in my behind because everybody has a position that's connected to their. So I don't have to. I don't have to manhandle them. I honestly give leadership. Send me two of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I, God. I honestly I said, tell thank them. thank you, Lord. Yeah. And you know what? The other thing. I, I said, thank you, The other Lord. thing I had to do, though. And the men is now. Yeah. Ain't, ain't nobody. Ain't no more deacons. Wow. Yeah, see? And know what I told Ain't no more deacons. Wow. See, but I don't want that. Let me tell you what I want. I want Leaders. the deacons that I train to disciple other young boys. Yeah. In our church, that way we'll have a a, a recur a recurring door, you know that. See the ones I got left, man, were trained by, by the, the ones oh who died. right. So you so you you screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. And so be, be, because they had never got ordained, I said you're not. Yeah. Out of my right. Yeah. You know, so you might you wait know. till I die. Yeah. But but the second thing for me is. I had to really work on my heart because once I realized I had a lot of love to give, I gave too much in the sense that I crippled them people because anytime they were, they had a problem and they called me, I would try to fix it. Not, not realizing half the stuff I'm counseling them jokers about, they already know it's wrong. I'm like, wait a minute. You already, oh yeah, I knew that. Then what the? Wait a minute. So why? So I stopped doing, I started, and I, I actually said this a few weeks ago. Uh, our first real Sunday back, that everybody came back. I brought my leadership up. I prayed for them. I prophesied to them. I, I put them in position. And I turned them around and looked at the congregation and said, from now on, I pointed at my assistant whom Kat helped to train. I said, I told, I told my security guy, you're my left hand. And I told my assistant, you my right hand. And the folk was looking at my wife. And I said, I see what y'all doing. I said, but let me explain. You just said another woman was your right hand. I said, right, because the ministry is not on my wife. Her job is to take care of me. 
Ain't her job to take care of y'all. I said, so this is my right hand. And I said, she's my boundary between me and y'all. So from now on, y'all got to talk to her to get to me. Only because y'all take advantage of the access I give you, then you lose respect. So I'm just Kareem. So I can't pass to you because I'm just Kareem. You know what I mean? So I put that boundary. So on the flip side of Pastor King, I, my door ain't open. This ain't no, I got an open door policy. I have an open door policy as it relates to issues and counseling. But my door is not going to know. And see, and and you, y'all know how our church is. It's two doors. You got to get past the first door to get to my door. And the security folk ain't going to let you back there. I got a deacon sitting right in that chair. What you need? Oh, I just wanted to see if Pastor needs some water. He got water. Oh, I need to see. He good. Oh, I just want him to pray for my big toe. Yeah, go see such and such over there. They'll pray for that. And and people think that you're arrogant. Mm Mm-hmm. Because... Now when I, I mean, and I've been doing this for a while and people brought it to my attention, like, uh, you know, people want to meet you after church and shake your hand and this and that. But after I preach, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I don't even get a benediction. I'm out of there. Because I don't have a, I, you know, I, you get too personal. It's just going to go left. Right. So I just rather keep it professional. Yeah. And you hate to be like that because it's like, it's ministry. And, and you know, I want to be touchable and stuff like that, you know. So I speak to people coming in. I speak to people on my way out. Thank God for the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> See? I can use that as an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, Reverend Green, he don't want to shake hands and hug because we want to keep our pastor healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get the virus. <laughs> I'm sure, what we all the doing? Delta, yeah. all the Alpha and the yeah. Omega. I don't yeah. get none of, no, 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 none no. of the strings. He ain't shaking no hands or hugging. Good he, God he told today. me to let you know he loves you. May the grace of God be yeah. with you. And I can watch him. If you need him, send him an email to the church email, and mm-hmm. he'll get back with you. I mean, that's just how it is now. I just, wow. That is funny, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, those were the two things that those those are major mistakes for me. Looking back, I wish I would have handled the conflict a little different, you know, because I would have been able to kind of salvage relationships, but still yet, you know, get my get my point across. But, you know, the other thing, too, is I I've saw. I've saw passive pastors, you know, even pop pop don't like conflict like that. And see, for me, I'm the like, did, did you hear what they said to you? I'd be ready to, you know, I'd be ready to fight. Like, Pop, you ain't, Pop, you ain't going to let me say, shut up, Kareem. God, no, I, you know, so to be in those situations, in my mind, it was already, if they cross me, if they cross me, I ain't finna be like this, you know, <laughs> until it happens. And then you like, oh, yeah, see, they got wisdom that you didn't really see, you know, and I called it passive, but it was really, there is a wisdom and a grace on them to handle that. Because even with Pastor King, I've seen people that have disrespected him turn around and get sick within weeks. And he's right And there. he's right there at the hospital. And but that's why he's blessed. That's exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. I, I've learned in passion how to take a sting out of a bee without killing it, which I've learned how to weigh my words. Mm-hmm. I can still get across what I want to get across the way I want to get across, just in a different different way with different words. And so sometimes people can't even keep up with your vocabulary, and you didn't really cuss them out. Without cussing them out. Without yeah. using the vocabulary that they yeah. know is right. a curse word. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so... Um, uh, 
that's that's a that's a huge thing for me that I'm gonna I'm gonna get what I want to get out. Yeah, it's gonna sound. Real <laughs> but you intelligent, you so in, no, you intelligent no, 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 enough no, no, to do no, it, no, man. No, no, no. You you can use them words. No, me, I'm a straight shooter, <laughs> and I don't have no tact. That's why I know certain environments. That's exactly why. That's why they be like, yeah, Kareem, Kareem just quiet. He didn't know because I've had a whole conversation in my head. It just the words would not be good if they came out of my mouth. And I don't know how to navigate the nice way. Yeah, I don't know how to say this the nice way. So I'm going to sit over here and be humble and quiet because if I open my mouth. You know what, Pastor, has taught me how to press the pause button. Absolutely. Now, that's, I'm with you. I've learned how to press pause because I can get to a level 10. But I've learned how to press pause. I tell everybody all the time the story of my grandfather and my grandmother. I say, hey, I stayed married for 71 years. He said, we both couldn't act the fool at the same time. Wow. 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 That's wow. wisdom. That's that is wisdom. That. When she on a team, I can't be on a team. Ain't nothing good going to come out with two people on the team. Yeah. So when I'm handling people, if they're on a team, I'm going to be just like this here on the two or a one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you when you come down and you're ready to talk, we can talk. But, you know, if you're on a team, you're not supposed to bring me to a team because we, we're not going to, before you know it, we're not going to hear each other. Right. You know, everything is just going to be a back and a forth and a back and a forth. So, Preston has definitely taught me how to press the pause button. Wow. We'll pass up. We'll pass up. <laughs> <laughs> we, look, we didn't talk enough. We'll pass up with that to y'all. I should have been at this broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> My mistakes in there really short. Yesterday, I knew God. Today, I'm learning who God is. When we talk about wisdom, mm-hmm. to James 1 and 5 became real in my life, my biggest mistake was taking so long to ask God for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The one who lacks wisdom, let him ask. Yeah. Wow. I mean, y'all been doing a long time, more longer than I have, longer than I have, but shoot, one of my biggest mistakes is not being that living faith sooner. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even, God's time. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And uh, just allowing, uh, just being taught, being instructed. After, I always say I'm going to respect Pop to, to my grave because he even allowed me to make the mistakes and then come back and say, Yeah. Yeah. Look. Yeah. All right. He was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and I, I pre even the time even and if I'm right, he tell me, hey, you was right on that one. And so if I if any was my biggest mistake, it was not coming in soon. Wow. Okay. Okay. So my question: How do you handle the rebellious member of that, the mouthy member? Hey, no pastor. <laughs> and I wanted to rebel. We know, which is how I came up with the question. The rebellious assistant pastor. Mm-hmm. But that mouth. Yeah, you can go first. When the pastor say, well, we doing this. Well, Pastor Why? Who told you? I'm a rebel. But wisdom. Wisdom. Has allowed me. But I'm a rebel. Listen and silence have the same letters in Sometimes. You have to tell the the uh, the mildly member it's better to listen than it is to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell people all the time, uh, I ain't always wrong. I ain't always right. I mean, I ain't always right, but I ain't always wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a couple of mildly uh, members, and um, so what I do is 
I, I put it back on them and say, okay, now, you know, where did you get that from? Uh, you know, why are you saying that? What fact do you have? Or is this just you talking? Or is this a fact? Because if it's a fact, you got to be able to show it to me. Mm-hmm. If you can't show it to me, then it's just you talking. And if it's just you talking, I ain't just really listening. Because all you're really doing is just doing a whole bunch of talking. Because mm-hmm. uh, you just want to be heard. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes you just let a mildly member handle themselves. Uh, you can just sit back and just sit back and that's me. I can sit back and just let you handle yourself. Actually, that's exactly what I was gonna say because for me, the one thing I tell I tell our church, especially our leadership. Now you can say whatever you want, and I'm I'm open to listen. But we're a Bible based church, so since we are talking about church, you got to bring the Bible. So you got to be able to prove your stance, and if your stance is correct biblically, I'll listen to you. That don't mean I'm going to do what you say, because at the end of the day, I still give leadership here, but I will listen to you. And so a lot of times that's what you find out. It's a lot of fluff. You know, it's a lot of if it's a lot of this is my preference. You know, I don't think you should do this because it is. I don't think you should do that because it is and that. And I say, you know, yeah, that that's I understand. But do you have a biblical stance? Well, this, why everything got to be about the Bible? Because that's. That's all. That's that's how I live. That's how I live. So to that point, a lot of time, that's what I do. I let a mildly person finish talking, and then I ask them, "Have you ever been a pastor?" Well, no. So how do you know? How do you know if I do what you say? What is it gonna mess up? Right. You know, and and ultimately, and and see, the other thing is, I realized this too. To that point, I stop leading as it relates to a point of view. Because at the end of the day, I got to answer for this church. Absolutely. And if I do what you say, I, why do I need to answer to God for what you said? Uh-uh. So, no. You can talk depending on what they say. I, hold on, because you finna cross a line. So, before you continue, I want you to consider everything you finna say has no weight as it relates to what's going. So, do you. And I tell people, I'm really methodical with my words. So I, you can sit there and talk for 30 minutes. And when you finish, you heard what you, I've had people say that, you know, sit there and talk. This, 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 this. And after 30 minutes, you finish? Well, yeah, I'm not doing none of that. And walk off. <laughs> and guess whose decision is going to win in the end? This guy's. So I ain't finna, <laughs> that's how I handle it. <laughs> Man, you tongue tied, aren't you? You tired. You just sweat it. <laughs> You didn't let your you you went to ten for no reason. Yeah. Your blood pressure up. Yeah. You and I'm like, you need some water because you so calm. Because I already know who yeah. make the. Why do I need to? Yeah. <laughs> Me and Cat have had them conversations. You know, my schedule will fill up. She'll say, well, you don't need to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. Say, yeah, well, yeah. but I know it's your decision. <laughs> so at the end of the day. I like girl, you mad, you big mad, huh? You just, at the end of the day, I'm still gonna do what I <laughs> you're gonna be tired. Say, I should have listened. I should not have gone because then your anxiety kicks. Now there are some days that's say, true. I can't sleep. It's three AM. Well that's your fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And see the other thing about see, that that there are certain aspects of our job that we can't get around. 
You know, because we we're never. And sometimes I've discovered the insomnia is really opportunities that God wants to talk, but we don't see it as that. We see it as I can't sleep. You know, even dealing with anxiety, and it's it's something recent that I've had to. You know, I was telling Pastor King today in his office, I said, I literally, for real, the last time I sung here, I for real had an anxiety attack. I said, when I left and went home, my body felt like I had been on the cardio machine for 30 minutes running at 6.2 miles. I could, I was sleepy. I couldn't. And he was like, but this is home. This living faith. I said, I don't care. My body didn't care. It, it, I literally had an anxiety attack, but the way the Lord ministered to me was this. Your confidence has been in your ability. N- not in not in what. So are you going to rely on the gift or the gift giver? That's how he attacked me in the middle of the night. You tired, huh? I'm like, I'm dog tired. <laughs> yeah. But, but see, and everybody come to me talking about, whoo, you the mod mod one more time. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? I couldn't even breathe. I was literally trying to catch my breath and, and you know, press through. It's been time I've got to preach. And they, whoo, the Lord used you. You slayed the crowd. And then my mom, like, I can't even breathe. I'm, like, trying to catch my breath. You know, and the craziest thing, you go to doctrine and they give you this big old intro. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. Wow. I'm like, nigga, you better not go to Flockersville. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, you know, they give you that great entrance. And I'm sitting over there sweating, panicking. I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy, I'm telling you. Well, I'm the rebel, but I'm the rebel with purpose, not conflict. I don't like conflict. Mm-hmm. But if I deal with conflict, I'm going to handle it. But purpose, anytime I'm rebelling, you know this, it is for purpose. Not that I see it your way. I just know that it would work better this way. Mm-hmm. But if the pastor says no, well, I'm through. Mm-hmm. I ain't about conflict, but I'm about purpose. Then show it to me. Like you say, scriptural, you got this scripture? I can't argue with that. Right. And I sit my butt down and be quiet. Yeah. But I'm going to challenge. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a rebel. I just want the best for everybody. Yeah. So, but purpose, but not conflict. Oh, yeah, I don't have no rebellion numbers. <laughs> <laughs> It's your team that's rebellion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I it's 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 like a. It's like uh, it's like the it's like uh, Jesus said when he asked Pilate. You know, he said, "Yeah, you just, you, they said you are you the king." He said, "Well, you said it." Right. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's what we're doing. we didn't have to indict yeah, you. You said, but we love you though. We love you though. Did you uh, have a <laughs> <that>? See. <laughs> Oh, it's 8.45. Yes. So we're going to leave it there. Of course, 
as we as I go through this journey with my podcast, I'm definitely going to have you gentlemen back. Thank you for giving your honest thoughts, your honest experiences. It's definitely, I'm sure it will help somebody that they see that a pastor is not this glorified thing, this person that has no issues because they're pastors, they're preachers, and because they read the word and study the word, like, oh, their life is perfect. You know, they have no issues. So I do appreciate that, and I thank y'all for joining me tonight. I'm glad to be here. Great job, executive.